welcome to Blades Pod. It's Tuesday, the 9th of March. My name is Ben, and I'm joined once again by Andrew. How you doing, mate? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm very well also. Yeah, slightly delayed podcast. Apologies. Got some uh, uh, work commitments got in the way yesterday, but it did give us more time to research uh, the memorable match that's coming up in the uh, well, probably the the back three quarters of this podcast actually, because yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to talk about the present day all that much. Well, I, had, I had to laugh actually when you said, "Oh, can we do podcast on Tuesday?" Because I've got to make some calls. I thought he's he's, he's going to murder Lundstrom. He's got, <laughs> 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 he's got to get some hit then ready. To laugh. <laughs> yeah, calling uh, calling a few favors with the uh, <laughs> the Millhouses Mafia. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll we'll quickly cover that one off. The defeat at the weekend to Southampton. I mean, it was quite nice having a game at three o'clock on Saturday. Mm. You know, I was kind of grateful for that. Um, The thing that kind of uh, that stuck in my head was what you'd said after the Villa game, which was that you didn't you didn't feel like we really learned anything from that game. Mm. It was just a you know just a tight game that we happened to take our chance in and and then defend quite well and. Yeah, that yeah. was that was very much in my head going into this Southampton game, in, uh, or rather watching this Southampton game unfold. Of like, you know, uh, <laughs> the the things we saw on Wednesday night against Villa aren't necessarily signs of like that's it. Everything's you know we've turned a corner. It's all going to come together now. And obviously missing Jagielka as well. Uh, you know, so further decimated. And uh, yeah, a, <laughs> a bleak afternoon watching that game. I think. How about you? Yeah, I think if you maybe if we'd done this podcast Monday, I might have still had the anger. I've sort of forgot about it already, to be honest. But I, I do think we looked unbelievably tight. I, we've had a lot of criticism of that second half performance, and rightly so. We, we could have lost six 0 Yeah. But I do think we looked so tired, and it's understandable for certain players. I felt so sorry for Fleck because he basically were playing midfield on his own for the entire mm. ninety minutes. <laughs> um, and he, he he looked shattered. And I think that was probably a frustration with the challenge at the end and Adams. I just think it's hard to 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 ask him to go three three games in where we two games in a row where we didn't have the ball against Liverpool and Villa, and then to do it again against Southampton. But realistically, we, they're just a better team, and it's it's annoying because I don't think Southampton were great. To be completely honest, I think a better team. Same with Liverpool when when we lost to those last week. Uh, I think a better team, maybe not takes them to the cleaners, but certainly causes them far more problems than we did. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of annoying that. Um... Southampton and Liverpool are in such miserable form and yet you've just yeah. got this one result that stands out from the crowd. What was this, their first win in 10, I think? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they've taken four points this year or something like that. Mm. Yeah, they've been... Yeah, they were ter- absolutely terrible form. And I've got to admit, I mean, the, the view from after the Southampton fans were saying, like, these are the worst team I've ever seen since we've been in the Premier League. And, you're, <laughs> and your, obviously, your initial reaction is to say, what are you on about? But... I think in that second half, I think it's fair to say that there won't be many worse performances than that. Uh, yeah. Certainly not this season. It was absolutely Bob R in that second half, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it could use much stronger language than that. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It was laughably bad. Um, the first half, I quite enjoyed. I thought we played quite well. Um, a surprise. I think I don't know. If, maybe I shouldn't be surprised anymore. But I was slightly surprised that we stuck with the back three, Baldock uh, playing. Right centre back for yeah possibly the, the back first three time. must persevere no matter what happens. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a that's a debate for another day. I think isn't it? But yeah, <laughs> I reckon that's the first time I've seen Baldock play right centre back. Uh, Bogle playing uh, on the right wing. Stevens persists down the left, and um, 
Brewster and uh, and McGoldrick start up front. Um, yeah, I thought that first half was okay. You know, we we particularly down the left actually had some quite nice football. It was just again, there's just that slightly heavy touch. You know, stuff not quite clicking the way that it used to be. I'm sure. Uh, I know it's you... slower, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, you 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 sent me the under twenty three goals yesterday, mm. and you said, "How much is this like us normally last season and the season before?" And I watching it, we're quite sad because that is how we used to play, and it and it obviously a lot of confidence has gone and stuff. But it was so much. I know it's at a different level, the under twenty three, but it was so much quicker than what we were doing on Saturday, for instance. And I think everyone's just second guessing again, aren't they? And you go one nil down, and yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, quite. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Brewster's he had a good opportunity to be put through by McGoldrick, and he uh, yeah. he made a poor decision. And McGoldrick himself had a chance right at the end of the half to chip the keeper and uh, just, just chip the biggest keeper in the league <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh dinked it straight into his arms instead at the other end um Ampadu just gets outpaced by uh by Teller and uh brings him down for a pretty clear penalty that uh Ward- Penn and Teller beautiful Penn- uh, who was that who did that pod on Twitter uh I will tell you in just a moment it is somebody <laughs> called LJD and yeah Penn and Teller we definitely that's that's this week's <laughs> podcast title I think so thank you very much for that one indeed um I, I guess before this uh, the heart sinking moment was uh Danny Ings going off injured and not because I have a particular affinity for Danny Ings although I, you know I don't I don't want him to be injured but he goes off and Che Adams comes on Che Adams who I was delighted to learn had not scored uh, since his previous game <laughs> against Sheffield United when of course he did yeah. score Oh dear! Well, talk me through your emotional journey seeing Ings go off. Well, he, he was down. I thought he'll stay on. He'll stay on. Oh, he's going off. This is good. This is like a brain just as it as it was going on. This is good. This is real. Oh no, not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just knew it as soon as he came. I mean, he always causes us massive issues, Shea Adams. Yeah, is that? I think that's four goals in three appearances against us. I yeah. think in it. But he's a good player. I, I think he's. I was really happy when I saw he wasn't starting. Um, yeah, him same, and yeah, him yeah. and Redmond both actually, um, who yeah really did embarrass us at times uh, in the in the away game, which was also a very abject game. Should be mentioned. Interesting in the Southampton view from which you didn't include after a lot of their fans really really dislike Redmond. They were like, oh, you need to get rid of him. Send him our way. <laughs> yeah, jeez, I'd love a player like him. He's uh, yeah. he is quality. But um, yeah, Adams was just a few minutes into the second half. Uh, he <laughs> the ball comes to him on the edge of the area, uh, and he wellies in a uh, a shot from twenty five yards right into the top corner. Great strike. He's as I say, I think he's a really good player, and and that was game over. Yeah, yeah. Um, Southampton could have killed us on the counter attack. We, we we eventually changed to our obligatory back four, didn't we? And uh, he, he did his oh, old dear. thing of like just let's just lob loads of strikers on, <laughs> and he didn't do anything. This is why the second no. half was just. I don't say torture because I'm resigned to our fate, but it's just like, oh god, this is this is like a waste of time. And I it's think... horrible when you when you're two and all down, uh, and you know how bad we are at, at scoring, at least, is sort of creating chances. And there's like half an hour of the game left. You just, why am I? What, what am I doing with my <laughs> just, life? I yeah. did keep flicking over to be fair to Jeff Stelling on Sky, uh, on whatever it is, Sky News with the Gillette Soccer Saturday stuff because. Our game had gone. He kept going to Merson on there, actually, and he was just saying, this this could be five or six. You know what I mean? Sheffield United just getting absolutely obliterated on the break. And yeah. he said Southampton will be kicking themselves, actually. They didn't get more, which is probably true. I think so, yeah. I, I, at full time, i got to say, I was relieved it had stayed at two. I thought we were really lucky to only yeah. lose 2-0 because, 
Yeah, they just cut through his time and again, didn't they? And um, I think Ramsdale man of the match again. That he's the positive there again. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely kept the score down. Some dreadful finishing as well. Minamino missed the sitter, didn't he? And uh, I feel like there was another one that went across to the far post and somebody put it wide. But yeah, escaped my memory now. Um, but yeah, Ramsdale really did keep the score down. I just, I just don't know what the what was going on in that second half. Whether we were just tired or what. I mean, do you want to talk about? Lundstrom now because I can't not really but I think we're gonna have to (laughs) I'm not sure I've I can't recall the last time I've seen someone play that badly for us it was it was like performance art like what I don't understand is I've no I don't think I've ever seen anyone start a game that badly his first touch were awful and then carry it on. You normally it goes one way or another. You you either start bad and you get a little bit better, or you know you start good and, and it gets worse. You were just bad for ninety minutes straight through. <laughs> yeah, I mean how he remained on the pitch is something of a, a mystery in itself. I think, but yeah, his. I mean, uh... he said. I mean, I don't. I don't know how. how you know, my mate, one of my mates said to me that is this Wilder saying, look. No matter how bad you're playing, I'm going to play you. You're not. You're not just sitting around picking your age up for your last few weeks. I don't think that'll be the case, but it did make me wonder because I could not. Have, I don't think there were any logical reason why he was still on the pitch after you know when when injury time went up or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I know we're very short in midfield, but you would think that's a good opportunity to just give a give a youngster a run out. The game's over, like or even Ben Osborne. I mean, all right, yeah. he's not left sided. It's a it's a right sided position. You, you no ways he do it any worse than Lundstrom in that game. I mean. I, I, you could put a highlight reel together, I think, of his funniest moments. What were your funniest moment from him? <laughs> I think it has to be when he fell over the ball. I mean, yeah, you know, that, and that was the, uh, you know, that was the piece de resistance, wasn't it? You know, we, yeah. we'd been we'd been through the whole performance, and it was like, here's the encore. Yeah, <laughs> it just gets the ball twenty five yards out and in some space, and you're thinking, you know, switch this out wide, have a shot, and instead he, he like. He sort of takes a heavy touch, then treads on the ball, falls over, and in doing so, does a lunging tackle on a man near him. You said to me that he forgot kick. to stand like a human being. That's <laughs> how <laughs> so my daughter stands better than he does. Like, <laughs> what is he? I don't. I was. I, I. I'm trying to think how I how I process this. I think I went through. Uh, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I think I was annoyed. Then I was embarrassed for him, and then I just felt bad. And I think that's a. I think that's a reaction that will not resonate well with the majority of United fans. But I just felt like I was like cringing on his behalf. Like, oh my god! That that moment you're on about reminded me of when, uh, like, the school bully gets the ball from the younger kids and he's Mm. standing there, uh, like, so he can't get it back. And then, but other than the the uh, the jokes from the school bully, because he ends up falling over because he's standing on it that much, (laughs) so he ends up falling over. My favourite moment actually wasn't that. That was a good moment. But I love that volley he did. You oh know, my the, god, uh, yeah. It barely even reached the, the in, hardly didn't even go out <laughs> with that little power on it. It was that high, were awful volley. I think I've still got uh, tooth marks on my knuckles from when I bit my fist when he did that. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I, I think genuinely, I think that's into Lee Baxter territory of terrible United performances. I think, I think that... Lee Baxter gets the more figure because obviously his mistakes led directly to goals in the sense that he made two awful errors, uh, yeah. went straight in. Lundstrom obviously directly to, to one goal, but all all he needs all he needed to do in that game to sort of become the worst performance of all time is just score an own goal or get sent off. I think I, don't, I think he was that close to saying, "Well, that is what everything else shall now be judged against in terms yeah. of." Bad performances i was almost willing that to happen like just to really yeah. top it off i was like you know then 
then it will be art. Like that, That's all you need yeah. to just finish it off. I mean, even at the very last minute of the game, I don't know if you remember this, and I'm already barely watching by this point, and he tried to clear it from the edge of our area and just ballooned it up in the air, like straight up in the air, and you're like, this is just weird now. This is just strange. Yeah, I... I, I... I don't know, unless he got like the yips to a ridiculous degree. I don't know how you explain that or it was... I, I don't. I mean, I, the fact he stayed on, I mean, Norwood weren't great in the first half, but Lundstrom were awful in the first half and he just got worse as it, as, as it went on. Yeah, obviously. Big big role in the goal. Uh, loses the ball all in a, you know, a position down the pitch. And then his clearance... Oh, my good Lord. There's three mistakes for for the goal all from Lundstrom. <laughs> In in about you know covering a span of about seventy yards as well, which yeah. is yeah, yeah, is yeah. impressive. But yeah, he tries to chip the ball clear, and just chips it straight into the forehead of a Southampton player, and it ricochets to Adams who scores. And yeah, that I mean, you deserve that to be honest. You know, <laughs> with that that level of performance, you deserve to be lumped well, in what, with that goal. What, what upset more people even than I think the third mistake was he didn't close down or anything, did he? He just sort uh. of put his hand up, and then. I think that's what really angered people because it. I don't know. It, it looked like body language, as if ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that's the case, but that's where that it didn't give off a good impression. Let's put it put it that way. It really didn't. And then you hear after the match, uh, you know, Wilder saying about you know wanting to shake it up and get rid of a couple of players. Uh, I would guess he'll be top of that list with him still not having good signed luck, the contract. Good luck to him getting a Premier League club because. I, I think he's better than the performances he's shown in the past month or whatever. But I don't think he's a I don't think he's a Premier League starter. I think if we went back up, for instance, or even if miraculously stayed up this season, I think he'd, he, that's a position I'd be wanting to improve on. Yeah, do you reckon he'll start the next game? I, I hope not. I think nothing. This is I'm not going to go mad, mega in on Lundstrom. Other people have done that. I just think for the sake of us and the sake of him. I don't think he should play ever again, to be honest. I really don't. I don't see what he's serving. He's not helping us for next season. We're already mm. down. People hate him. He puts another bad performance in. It's just going to get worse. I'd rather, like I say, I'd rather even have Ben Osborne there, even though I know it's not going to work. <laughs> I'd rather have someone who's actually going to be here next season running around and putting putting challenges in for the cause. Yeah, that's that's the big thing for me, for sure. It's like, why are we playing him? Like, you know, mm. the season's over. It's... I get there's a degree of professionalism in, you know, we're not admitting defeat. We're not mathematically relegated. Yeah, Therefore, yeah. pick the team you think gives you the best chance to win. Wilder obviously think that inv- thinks that involves Lundstrom playing as opposed to, say, an out-of-position Ben Osborne or a yeah. completely untried teenager from the under-23s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter anymore. Like, surely, we, surely we have to admit defeat on this. And, and actually, you, I don't want to waste the rest of the season Trying no. to trying to get some more points that don't mean anything. I understand like. there's a lot of games left. There's ten games left. So you're you're putting NDE or what? Is it NDE? Sorry, is that his name? The, the Endai, I think. Endai, sorry. Yeah, I'll have to get used to that one. Hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully. It, it, yeah. Yes, yeah, someone like him um, coming on. I understand you've got ten games left. If he if we play less than get hammered seven nil and he's in midfield and has a stinker, that could obviously put his progress back. I'm aware of that completely. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe it might be a little bit too early to put the young lads in. But I think from two or three games to go, we've got to see them, even if they're just off the bench. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think that's really going to matter. I think if you lose you know, the last three games, we're already down, whatever. I think if it's 10 games to go and you've still got to keep lifting the morale for the players, I understand why you don't want to put loads of kids in. But I think we've got to start seeing something different. 
I mean, Wilder knows that we're down. He's admitted it. And uh, I, yeah, I, I I won't play him again. I won't even have him on the bench to be honest. But yeah, let's uh, let's use these games for the benefit of next season, which I would have liked. Try to... Bogle, uh, you know. what I mean, Bulldog's fit now. You know, Bogle's fit. Try Bogle if we're if we're gonna. Persist with a three-five-two. Try him there, or try a four-four-two. Put put Ollie Burke there. You know, if we're playing a playing with wingers or whatever, I don't know, but just try something different. Yeah, let's do it. Anything else? I was else? quite excited actually on Saturday because I thought we have to play four at the back, and I thought yeah. this will be interesting to see how it goes. I wasn't confident we were going to work, but I thought well, it'll be exciting at least to see how we go on. You know, with cha- and then we didn't change the tactics, so I'm quite disappointed actually. Yeah, I mean. I saw, saw a few people say this, but like you know, this is why we don't play four at the back was that second half. But there's there's a difference in it. I mean, we're chasing oh, the game. Yeah. We're two 0 down. Whereas, you know, why why we we start with a three five two. We almost invariably go behind, and then we end up playing with four at the back anyway. But it's a well, we played four at the back against Villa, and it were fine. So I don't think <laughs> can, I'm not saying I'm not saying four at the back is the way forward, but you can't use a game in isolation. Yeah. When the game's already ongoing, that uh, to to make a point that it works or it doesn't work. Like I say, I was disappointed. I think Ampadu and Brian have got absolutely torn to pieces anyway as a two, to be honest. But mm. I'd have liked to have seen it in an attacking sense to see how would have so would we have created more chances, for instance, with four four two or even four three three or whatever. But yeah. oh, I don't think we'll ever know because I don't think he's going to change it now. I think if we're going to change it, that's the match. Yeah, yeah. When you've pretty much no central defenders left, yeah, yeah indeed. Well, we've got th- two central defenders fit, and we play three at the back. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Bulldog did a reasonable job. To be fair yeah. to him, um, I've seen some people go in, not go in on him. To be fair, I read Dead Batch report. They gave him a five out of ten, and I thought they were a little bit harsh on the. Maybe he's right in the in the performance, for instance, but just I'll give him leeway because he was playing in a position he's never played before. Yeah. Uh, in the Premier League against a decent attack uh, in, in Shea Adams and then Danny Ings before him. I do think he got caught out a little bit for the first goal and he, and he didn't really know where to go in certain things. But I think individual performance in terms of... I think that's the probably the best we could hope for, just lobbing someone in there for a, you know who's never played there before. Yeah, and a very... Uh, I mean, Baldock is one of our more athletic players, I'd say, but there's mm-hmm. a very... It's not a physically imposing back three, that is it, at all. no. And uh, yeah, Adams certainly had his way once he came on. Um, I was just seeing uh, Jack O'Connell posting picture, uh, like videos of him uh, working out on his Instagram. I was just looking at it, going like, "He's massive <laughs> compared to the people yeah. we've got playing for us at the moment." Like, I loved he's uh, I tank. the pre-match view from Southampton. They're saying we've got to be careful of set pieces. They're a massive team, <laughs> these Sheffield United. It's like, why is this still persisting? This myth. <laughs> Yeah. We're, massive. we're the smallest team in the league, I would think. Pretty small, pretty weak, pretty, pretty slow. Yeah, lacking a lacking a lot in this game. If we were big, we could possibly change tactics and play along, and it would probably pay dividends for us more than what we're seeing at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Any uh, Anything else to say about that one, or do you want to move on to our memorable match? I'll, yeah, I mean, uh, it's another game down. Ten games to go. I was listening to Four Blades. Thank God Phil were wrong. <laughs> When he thought we had 14 games left. Oh, God, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I did a bit of a double take listen to that. I was like, oh, no, Phil, we don't want 14 games. That's a nightmare. Got 14 games left. And I'm like, what have we? Oh, no. Like, no, but, no. Only 10 left and then the cup game. Let's uh, let every all the baskets in the cup basket. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, right, well, we will take a very quick break and then uh, we'll get on to the, the meat of this week's podcast. It is a memorable match for this week, so... Very quick break, and then we'll get stuck into that. 
Quick break to tell you about one of the sponsors of Blades Pod, and that is Glistening Kicks. Now, if you ever look down at your shoes and trainers and think they need a bit of a touch-up, then Glistening Kicks is the service for you. They are a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can touch up any scuffs or imperfections. If you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. They offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service. So you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans, and they also offer a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in your life, the Wednesday logo is available as well. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks to get a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back, and it's time for the thing I actually wanted to talk about this week, and that is our memorable match, which I think we may need to to sell a little bit. It's not gonna, it's not a game that's like gonna lift the mood, I don't think, but it's definitely one <laughs> I wanted to talk about. I did think this, I was like, ah, oh, who's gonna want to listen to this because we just lost two 0 to Southampton, and now we're gonna talk about a two all draw with Brentford in uh, 2013 as part of a season that saw us uh, ultimately losing the playoffs again, but then. I thought about it some more. I was like, if you listen to this podcast at all because of the loss to Southampton, you're probably just like listening to the podcast. You like listening to uh, me and you talk about football for an hour or something, which I'm very grateful for if you if you are indeed still listening. So I thought that gave me gave us carte blanche really to talk about a uh, a, a non glorious United memory, but a yes. very very memorable game indeed that we will. Uh, get on to in a moment because we had some follow-up comments from our last one which was the uh, 2001 win at Sheffield Wednesday in the Sheffield Derby really enjoyed talking about that one thanks to everyone uh, who, who gave us feedback and, and chipped in with a uh, a few comments after that one as well um, I will recite some of them now so Rochdale Blade says uh has a memory of uh, a Wednesday fan giving it the big un as both sets of fans streamed up Peniston Road and walked straight into a road sign. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, no camera phones in 2001. That would have been oh, good to see. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, Ad Follett, friend of the podcast, I think it's fair to say. Um, I, I, I actually vaguely remember this. I went to school with Ad. And uh, I, when he tweeted this, I did sort of remember this. But he says, my uncle, the Owls fan, took me to this game. I was sat in their cop. It was very difficult staying silent, especially going 2-0 up. Also, I believe uh, our mutual friend there got wind that he'd be there and said if he saw me, he'd rap me out very loudly. And I was <laughs> terrified of seeing him. I, I can vaguely remember that being a thing. I don't, I don't yeah. know why, why I'd told his Wednesday fan mate that he was going to be there, but... I think he, I think he got away with it. Um, we mentioned Dead Bat earlier of the Tufty Club podcast and uh, very extensive match reports. Of course, yeah. he came in with a grey-haired footballer eleven. So this I love off... this. These were excellent. This, yeah, yeah, it's a top effort. So this was in response to uh, David Kelly came on in that two thousand and one game. David Kelly, very grey hair at that point. 
And uh, we were trying to think who the the last grey-haired footballer to uh, to play in the top two divisions, anyway, was. And, uh, yeah, I think we have that answer, although Dead Bar actually missed him out of this team. So, mm-hmm. Vincent uh, Geiter, the uh, Crystal Palace goalkeeper. Yeah. Possible stewards inquiry on that one, I think, so I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not his yeah, real hair colour. Yeah, but, I don't know. A couple of gr- uh, stray grey hairs flying around, I think. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kevin McNaughton at right back, Andy Griffin at left back, Sean Derry ex Blade at centre back, Mick McCarthy, another uh, player who was who was grey during his playing days. Graham did you see, K- just sorry to break off. Did you see Mick McCarthy's hair uh, at the Cardiff Huddersfield? <laughs> no, he uh, looks like Martin McFly. He's obviously not had it cut, but he's got the same style. Do you know, like he's like I just great Scott. Do you know, what I mean? honestly, watch watch out for him the next game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does he mean he, does he look like Mike McFly or uh, or or Doc? Doc, not Mike McFly. <laughs> Mike McFly, he doesn't look like Michael J. Fox. I was going to say, yeah. No, sorry, yeah, he looks like Doc, not Mike McFly. Yeah, my my bad. <laughs> Excellent. Imagine you just uh, look at the sidelines and it looks exactly like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder. Uh, Peter Reed in midfield, uh, and then what a what an attack this is. Alan Woodward, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Fabrizio Ravanelli and Alan Cork. Very good stuff. Oh, yeah. I saw Eggie um, posted Steve Morrison as well, uh, uh, Millwall fame. Just about to mention that. I reckon that's the last grey-haired <laughs> footballer in uh, the top two divisions, unless there's somebody out there right now. But, yeah, Steve Morrison, that was only a couple of years ago who played for Mil- uh, Millwall, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is he still playing? I think he is, but uh, further down the leagues now. I can't yeah. remember where he is. I'll uh a quick loop while we're talking yeah Steve Morrison with his uh, his missing R always bothered yeah. me that in his surname now he's currently uh, he's currently a coach at Cardiff actually oh no, no nice one as it happens um, right uh, yeah so let's talk about this game with Brentford then so uh, this is a good <laughs> an eventful game uh, I think when we when we played Bristol Rovers in this year's FA Cup and uh, at half time I tweeted um, why? Can someone remind me why I don't like Keith Stroud um, apart from the last forty-five minutes because he was refereeing that game? And uh, lots of people raised this one. And yeah, this is a Keith Stroud as a ref for this game. This is like a case study in a referee losing control of a game. I think. Yeah. There's more cards than. Um, no, I'm not even going to say it. More cards than Clintons <laughs> is what people used to Please. say. In it. Yeah. Uh, I think eleven yellows, three reds. Four penalties, I think. Yeah, it's four penalties in it in this one. Keith Stroud completely loses the plot in it. But I, I think this is a good game just to talk about the the end of the Danny Wilson era at Sheffield United. And I guess what um, what comes next? Because shortly before this game, Wilson had been sacked after a 2-0 home defeat to Crawley. And Chris Morgan was uh, placed in charge for the rest of the season. We were in the playoffs at this point, and um, yeah, can you remember? I mean, you've obviously done the research now, but can you remember yeah. how it felt when Wilson was sacked? Because there were only five games to go, I think. Yeah, well, this game had actually been rearranged. It was due to be played on March the twenty third, mm. uh, live on Sky, but it got called off due to snow. Uh, and around that time, well, obviously Wilson was still the manager mm-hmm. uh, at that point, um, and this was twenty third of March. But we'd actually just lost four nil to Stevenage. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just before this game got called off, and I think there were, I remember like a lot of people saying, "I'm glad that's being called off," because <laughs> <laughs> at that point Brentford were on a really good run, and obviously we just got battered at Stevenage. 
I really started to lose interest at this stage. Not in terms of losing interest and in not going to the games, but sort of so just so demoralised because it, it seemed well, the football was appalling this season compared to the season before where mm. we did play really good stuff. I don't know what happened. But I think Wilson lost his best, more creative players in Loughton and Williamson and uh, uh, Chad Evans, obviously, and Stephen Quinn. And we just were so dour, so defensive. The games were horrible to watch. Mm. So when he got fired, I remember thinking, well, that's ridiculous that he's got fired because there's five games left. What's going to happen? And we're in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were pretty much going to get in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So I thought, you know, Chris Morgan come in and you're thinking, well, yeah, that's he'll put a bit of passion in and stuff like that. And I wasn't sort of excited or upset, not happy or sad. What about you? I think I thought... I, th- I just thought, I think I thought, let me get my words right. I think I thought it was a mistake just because there's only five games to go. Mm, uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't, it's, it's a bit like what Watford did last year when it when they changed manager with like four games left. And you think, you know, what are you actually trying to achieve here? I mean, yeah, I guess it had, it had unraveled a bit for Wilson, but we went in I, dreadful I think, form. I think McCabe's idea was we were basically stuttering towards the playoffs. We just lost at Crawley. I think we won two out of the last eight. I'm just looking now, and we'd scored... Uh, just bear with me while I do some fairly quick maths. Are you looking we, at the start of the season? No, the last last 16 games, we'd only scored nine goals. Oh, that's painful. Well, I was... Yeah. And I think the, we were sort of limping towards the playoffs, and I think what McCabe's idea was... Or, or maybe the Prince weren't there at this point, in fact. Now, McCabe's idea would have been, let's get, put Morgan in, and just don't we get that sort of new manager bounce, if you know what yeah. I mean, to, to get us over the line, but... Just revitalise a bit, but yeah, uh, yeah, not didn't really happen as we'll as we'll get on to. But I mm. was uh, I completely forgot this. Do you know how many games we played uh, to start the season before we suffered defeat? Was it seventeen or something? It was uh, it was our seventeenth league game that we lost. Yeah. yeah, sixteen games unbeaten to start the season, but only eight wins, and we drew mm. five of the first seven. Um, I remember that game where we lost to MK Dons away 1-0, which was mm-hmm. the 17th game, the first defeat of the season. And I remember it being so boring to watch. I mean, I'm just looking at the team now from that MK Dons game. <laughs> Our wingers were Ryan Flynn and Marcus Williams. Oh, good God. McDonald and Doyle in the middle, Paul- Porter and Blackman up front. I think he almost became obsessed because we'd lost the strikers, like I said earlier, mm. to, to try and keep it as tight as possible. Well, that was the other thing that in that sixteen-game run, unbeaten. Do you know? I mean, maybe you've got it open right now. But do you know how many times we scored two or more goals in those sixteen oh. games? We scored five against Bournemouth, didn't we? Scored uh, five against Bournemouth. There's only one other game in that run where we scored more than one goal. Uh, is it Stevenage? Uh, it was Hartlepool away. Um, but oh, yeah, of course, just... two-one. Yeah. But I mean, that's astonishing, wow. isn't it? How, how do you go sixteen games unbeaten and only score two or more goals twice? I mean. It's giving me, you know, it's just reminding me of the present day, except we actually did score yeah, in some yeah. of these games. But, I mean, oh, that's some appalling draws in there as well, like Bury at home 1 1, Notts County 1 1, Oldham 1 1. I remember we played Walsall, they, had, they got a man sent off after five minutes in that game, and we won 1 0 with a pen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that now, yeah. So, yeah, we, we had that great run to start the season. We were top uh, after Boxing Day, I think. Mm. And then it, it unraveled, didn't it? We we lost at home to a uh, Richie Humphreys-inspired um, 
Hartlepool United on Hartlepool uh, were bottom of the league at that stage. I don't know where they are. Hang on. Yeah, they were bottom of the league yeah. at that stage by a mile as well. It was such an easy three points. Yeah, top versus bottom. And yeah, uh, yeah, we're I remember three... my, one of my mates went to that game and he was at the back and he said, I, "I will never come to a game again." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "That's how like he'd lost that game whenever has the breaking, but he did obviously end up going again." But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we lost three straight home games around there. After going top, we lost to Hartlepool, Yeovil, who did make the playoffs, as, uh, as we will later find out, and uh, Coventry, who I think we're just uh, just mid-table that season, and draw, drew with Doncaster and Notts County in between. Rallied in February, won, uh, what did we win, five out of six games, but then, uh, yeah, it all went wrong after that. Wilson was sacked after a 2-0 defeat at home to Crawley. Morgan placed in caretaker charge for the rest of the season with uh, David Unsworth as his assistant, um, and he got off to a good start, a 2-0 win in his first game over Swindon Town. And then we get to this game with Brentford, and it was, I believe it was third versus fifth, Brentford. Both teams technically gunning for automatic promotion. We um, were six points clear of the playoffs, six points off automatic. We fought, we fought to play and a game in hand over third and fourth and two games in hand on second. So, hmm. uh, theoretically speaking, we win those games in hand. We, we Basically, if we won every game until the end of the season, we go up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Brentford comes to town. Very good team. Did end up getting promoted that season. Managed by Juve Rossler. Uh, they didn't go I'll... up that season, did they? Uh, I thought they finished second. I thought it was that game where Doncaster pipped him to it with that penalty at the last minute. Uh, have I got my seasons wrong? Uh, I... Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, it was yeah, the next season. Do you remember that dramatic final day? Yeah, Bre- uh, yeah. Doncaster ended up winning the league, didn't they, with that? Yeah, so Brentford had a penalty last minute. Brentford scored, they go up, they needed a win. They missed the mm. pen, then Doncaster went down the other end and scored, and Doncaster ended up going up and winning the league in, in the process. Right, my mistake. Along with yes, Bournemouth, right. whatever happened to them? <laughs> uh, yeah, that win over Swindon in Morgan's first game. Swindon uh, also finished in the playoffs, ended up playing Brentford. So that was an impressive win. So it, it looked like the managerial change was was going to pay immediate dividends. I've been more excited at this point like than I had been all season because of that performance against uh, Swindon. We had like, Swindon in the playoffs as well mm. um, around at that time anyway. And th- that were a really, really good win. I was just reading the programme notes before and uh, Kevin McCabe's got a piece in because obviously it's, I think it's the first programme... Oh, no, the programme notes were before the Swindon game and McCabe said he will not rest until Sheffield United are back in the Premier League. And he won't rest after they've been in the Premier League. <laughs> been as well, so. Yeah, <laughs> apparently not. Right, the teams that day. This is uh, 16th April 2013. George Long in goal for United. This is the season that George Long broke into the team, I believe, where the, um, yeah, yeah. Mark Howard got injured. And uh, yeah, Long... Long was there to stay. Tony McMahon at right back. We're going to talk about some of these players in a bit more detail, I imagine. Matt Hill at left back. Harry Maguire. I don't know if you've heard of him. And Neil Collins in the middle. Midfield, Michael Doyle, Ryan Flynn, Kevin McDonald and Jamie Murphy. And then up front, Dave Kitson and Chris Porter. Uh, for Brentford, Simon Moore in goal. Yeah. I often forget that he played for them. Uh, Jake Bidwell, who I think is tearing it up with Swansea at the moment. Yeah, Looks I think like that's he's, uh, about say, to get promoted. Yeah. yeah, Tony Craig, Lee Hodson, uh, Shalem Logan, Harley Dean, Tamani Digaraga, I think it's pronounced, Adam Forshaw, Jake Reeves, Clayton Donaldson, another future X Blade, and Marcelo Trotter. This is, I guess, this is 
pre-Moneyball Brentford in it when they were just... I was about to ask you that, it's like, because I'm not sure when that came in. Did Brentford had improved, because Brentford were always a second, third-tier, fourth-tier club hmm. uh, since I've been growing up. But this was a good side for them at this stage. You know, they'd yeah. not really challenged at the top end of the third before the League One. I think this is definitely a couple of years before their, you know, scouting network was properly in place and they were just, you know, plucking unknowns from uh, like second division France and stuff like that and dropping them into the team. So, but yeah, it's a good it's a good team, isn't it? It's weird. I remember seeing them they're in League 2 not many years before this. I genuinely probably probably four or five seasons before this. I know this is only League 1, but they're, you know, clearly on an upward trajectory at that point. And um yeah, they they kicked on even further in the following years, didn't they? Mm, um, yeah. yeah, managed by Uwe Rossler, as I said. Uh, United, I think, watching this game, I watched the whole game back, which... Uh, yeah, sound... same here. Just, just before we go on the Brentford team, that's Stuart Dallas on the bench as well, which I, I didn't know Stuart Dallas had played for Brentford, actually. Mm, yeah, he didn't end up coming on, did he? No. He was, uh, an unused <clears> sub, yeah. Um, I'll give our bench, actually, uh, three of whom do come on. Danny Coyne, the goalkeeper. Danny Higginbotham, I, I always forget he played for us. Now a yeah. Sky commentator. Callum McFadden, Barry Robson, Elliot Whitehouse, Jonathan Fort and Joe Ironside. So several academy products on there. Fort yeah. had returned from... Um, lo- he was on loan from Southampton, I believe. I can't believe he was still at Southampton then, actually. Because <laughs> yeah. Southampton was in the Premier League then. I think he was under Potocino as well. Blimey. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, about, about this team. So I watched the whole game. Um, which was actually entertaining. I mean, it is an entertaining game. It's a. It's a, uh, it's, a it's not technically fantastic, but it's really entertaining. Yeah, it's it's committed. It's end to end. It's it's a bit tasty at times, isn't it? There's yeah. A, there's a lot of needle in this game, and I think that con- the referee definitely contributes to that. But I think also we should probably say there's <laughs> there's a lot of players that seem to thrive on that quite kind of thing. I mean, it's. I'm thinking particularly of McMahon and Kitson for us, and Clayton Donaldson's uh, a little bit, a little bit naughty in this he game is, as well. He is, yeah. And I think Brentford contribute to it by hitting the floor very easily, uh, time after time, and mm. that sort of just riles up the crowd, it riles up the players. But I mean, it's you know, I think it's three minutes forty-eight into the video of the game, and there's about two minutes of um, you know build-up, if you like. Kitson just randomly shoves someone in the back like before he's challenging for a header and gets gets a telling <laughs> off from the referee and I'm just watching it going, why is he even thinking about doing that? I said and to I- you, when I, I was doing the view froms around this period and uh, every single view from somebody or three or four posters will be slagging Kitson off saying he's, he's a disgrace and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I know why <laughs> after watching this match back, to be fair, because... He just wants to fight, doesn't he? he? Don't really. He's not bothered about the football, is he, Kitson? Yeah, it's very much to the end of his career. Um, I've got a, a fair bit to say about him later on. Do you, mm-hmm. do you remember he, he signed this season, didn't he, on uh, on deadline day? And he did okay, I think. How many, do you know how many goals he scored that season? Uh, just give me one sec. I've got it. I've got it here because he didn't score again. I don't think after this uh, he got eleven in twenty nine. It's not bad, is it, for a pretty poor side that didn't score? But uh, yeah, he was Kitson... our top goal scorer other than uh, Nick Blackman, who obviously got sold in January. So, mm. well, do you want to just talk strikers here, actually? Because this is a not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, the the forwards that we have available to us at this point. I mean, Kitson and Porter. <clears throat> that's uh, 
that's a really bad sparing, isn't it? I mean, I um, remember when we sold it at Blackburn, and I was furious because of the mm. plays. We, we brought Johnny Jonathan Fort in for um, on loan, as you said, and we brought Jamie Murphy, you know, I didn't know anything about, and. I'm not saying Blackman would have meant promotion, but the fact that we ended with Kitson and Porter up front, and then our main base, the only attacking substitution we could make with Jonathan Forte and Joe Ironside. Yeah. I wonder why we didn't go up. <laughs> I know. It's, it, I was just looking at it going, where is, where are the rest of our players? And We had Dominic you know, Polian on loan, but he got sent back. And he was rubbish as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking down the squad now. Uh, so, yeah, forwards that we had on our books. Diego yeah. Giramialo, who uh, I'm not going to beat. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, um, he, he played, he came in as a couple of substitute appearances, but this was the season he uh, had that bad injury. I think, did he break his leg? I'm not sure. I, I remember him getting injured, yeah. Yeah, because I think he was trying to push for the, you know, for a first team place and then he got a bad injury. But, yeah, basically, we were relying on, I mean, Danny Phillies Kirk were another one we had who, who uh, never stuck around as well. Yeah, this, these are the forwards that uh, were on our books this year, or that made an appearance anyway in the league. Porter, Kitson, Sean Miller, who actually did play 19 times. I think this was when he got the bad injury, actually, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's season? right. Against Scun- I think it was Scunthorpe at home that season. We had Black- Blackman and Miller up front, and that was yeah. a really good partnership, to be fair, at League One level. And then Miller got that injury, and yeah. That was the game before the Hartlepool game, actually, that we mentioned. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that, that was, was a big right. deal. Uh, Fort, as you said, Richard Creswell, who was on loan to York City, I think, at various points in this season. We couldn't afford his wages. Um, ah, that's right. So he didn't play in the early stages, uh, and then he signed a new. This is bizarre. This he signed a contract as player coach, and then went on loan to York. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe so that was he was almost a... a coaching at York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jordan Chapel, who I don't remember, but apparently that was one of the first things uh, Morgan and Unsworth did was recall him from his loan. Yeah, and, that's, uh, ended... that's in the programme now. That, yeah. He played in yeah. the uh, two games I said we played Crew, and he, he played in that game. Him was a sub in that game. No, yeah, no memory of him. Jamie Murphy signed mid-season. Joe Ironside, who uh, is now back in the Football League, I think, isn't yeah. he, with Exeter? Some, something like that. It's, yeah, League Two in it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cambridge, Cambridge United, my mistake. And, Cambridge, uh, Cambridge, yeah. John Kofi, uh, who, another extraordinary Manchester United loanee. <laughs> Nick Blackman and uh, Danny Phyllis Kirk, Dominic Polian. That's that's awful, isn't it? For league, yeah. Even for League One level, that is really terrible. Essentially leaning on Porter and Kitson. Blackman was fantastic, but we should say... Well, fantastic. It's probably going a bit far. It was certainly the best of that lot. Yeah, um, yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. I think the, I think what's the, it shows how the season before how good Chad Evans was. I think because yeah. the season before right, we had Creswell. The season before uh, James beat obviously didn't play up any trees. Neither did Will Oskins. Hmm. We had Billy Clark for a few games, but that's the season before was all Chad Evans, weren't it? Really, in terms of like where our goals were coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I thought Blackman was great. We signed him at the start of the season and then sold him six months later on uh, on the transfer deadline, didn't we? To uh, to Reading. <laughs> yeah, and that um... one million profit on that lads. Come on. <laughs> and that is why we uh, ended up with Porter and um, and Kitson starting up front in uh, a crucial run in. So this you was know... free. Uh, cult legend Porter as well. <laughs> yeah, this is just his rubbish. But yeah. <laughs> we're, we're a few years removed from uh, yeah, cult hero Chris Porter. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say, when I watched this game, I said we're, we're a surprisingly big-looking team. I don't know if it's just in contrast to what I'm seeing today, but 
quite a physical team. You know, you obviously have Maguire and Collins, two, uh, two big lads in, at centre-back. You know, McDonald's wasn't particularly physical, but a very tall, yeah. uh, you know, quite an imposing midfielder. Kitson and Porter yeah. are basically the same player up front, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two tall, unathletic, fairly non-footballers. Yeah. Even um, McMahon's kind of putting himself about a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, Jamie Murphy, I think we have talked about him. Uh, we might have talked to him about this in the Swindon 5 all game, but mm. uh, he is really good in this game. And I, I I almost feel like he's an under underappreciated United player, I think, because a lot of his career was in... League One. League One and bad United teams, but... Mm. He was a joy to watch, I think. I, I mean, remember when he first came in and he really flattered to see, to see this season. Yeah. I was came in in the opening game. You can see he's getting it together. I remember against the Yeovil in the second leg, we were awful. He was the one shining light, I felt, in that game as well. And then he went backwards again the season after under David Weir. He wasn't even in the team, in fact. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then Clough nearly sold him. He was nowhere near the team and he, he obviously wrestled his way back in. But as you say, in this game, you can see... I don't think he's flying in this game. You can see he's a, he's a bit better than the level. He, he's got potential to be playing at a better level, shall we say. It's so... I don't remember seeing many other players like him in terms of who... who the way he beats defenders, mm. there wasn't like a... There wasn't. He didn't like you know pull a pull off a trick or anything like. There was no like stepovers or no explosive pace or anything like no that. No explosive pace. He just used to run away from people from a standing start. I mean... I think he was just able to accelerate really quickly. His top mm. speed wasn't anything to write home about, I suppose. But I guess, I guess also his balance. I mean, there's a bit early on in this game where he, uh, you know, he receives the ball from a throw-in, so he's got his back to the goal, back to defender, and then he just runs away from him. You know, he just gets mm. to the byline and gets a crossover. And yeah, he used to do that loads. I mean, yeah. you know, we all remember the uh, the equaliser against Spurs. That Che Adams scored, where he, you know, it's a slow team, up. isn't it? As well, though, so it's uh, that's true. It, I mean, Murphy, he, he hasn't got the most pace, but wow, this is a slow, slow team. I mean, you think yeah. we're slow now? We've got Kitson and Porter up front. Ryan Flynn, who obviously on the right wing, not the fastest person. Doyle and McDonald, never known for the pace. You know, they're overlapping fullbacks if you like. Uh, Matt Hill and <laughs> Tony McMahon. So <laughs> this is this is a slow team we've got here. So a lot was uh, dependent on Murphy creating, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other player I mentioned there, Kevin McDonald, who I, again I don't know, maybe he was maybe he was correctly appreciated. Another one who would be sold uh, right at the start of the following season. Uh, he, he was uh, another one that well, was clearly a cut above, I suppose, because he went so strong in this in this game. And I, I remember him yeah. like he very rarely got knocked off the ball. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's got. Maybe it's because we sold him and then he went on to better things without us. But mm. I do feel like he his ability is kind of lost in the sands of times. Sand yeah, of time, obviously a little he's bit. suffering from a kidney infection, a, a kidney issue, isn't he, at the moment? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All the best to him. But yeah, he... Um, he was he was definitely a step above the rest of that midfield. Yeah, with respect yeah you can to... tell just from the, the first touches and stuff. You're thinking, yeah, he, he can play football. This guy, he's not he's not trapping it. I'll tell you someone who I didn't think showed that they were going to be the future Manchester United cap, captain, and that's Harry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is one of his greatest moments. To be fair, this match. no, possibly not. He has a few uh, he has a few good bits of play that, that do yeah. look like Maguire of of today. But uh, yeah, I, think I do he looks know like a player. You think, yeah. You know, a couple of seasons, he'll be in the championship, that guy. That's what he looks mm. like to me. He certainly doesn't look like he's going to be an England regular. No, no. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I, I did think that was going to be the sort of ceiling for Maguire, yeah. generally like lower Premier League. So, 
yeah, I'm I'm always amazed and impressed and delighted when I see how well he's doing for himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think this is the difference with Maguire. I think with Kyle Walker, you could pretty, we've said this before, you could pretty much tell straight away mm. this guy's going to be, you know, this guy could probably play for England. Even Kyle Norton, you thought, this guy's got a chance for England. Harry Maguire, I think we always thought, yeah, upper-end championship, maybe lower-end Premier League. He's probably a bit too slow. And he's gone on top of arguably a better career than all of them. Maybe not Kyle Walker, to be fair, but, you know. The other one in that similar thing, uh, Matt Loughton, who was here, mm. he left it in at the start of the season. Yeah, I, I thought he's probably championship at, at best. I mean, I thought it was really good for us in League One, but I thought championship's yeah, yeah, probably yeah. where he'll go to. And well, he must be looking at two hundred Premier League appearances now mm. for um, yeah. Villa and Burnley. So, yeah, he went on to do very well for himself. So in this game, McDonald has a, a we we clear one off the line from. Uh, some very familiar-looking defending from a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Basically just get to control it and, uh, and shoot at goal. Uh, McDonald has a good long-range shot that Moore saves. Moore has a brilliant game, actually. He does. He really does play well in this time, Moore, yeah. Yeah, some massive saves. Somebody immediately after that shot has an even better one, and I think it's Michael Doyle. It's like a 25-yard... Yeah, yard... it is Doyle. Yeah, I put that wrote down. Yeah, it is Doyle. Twenty-five-yard left foot volley that uh, Moore pushes away. I rewound it about four times. Like, who the hell was that? Like on on the left foot. It's not yeah. McDonald. It's not Murphy. So yeah, process of elimination. Michael Doyle with a uh, a rare, excellent twenty-five yarder. <laughs> Clayton Donaldson has a shot that um... brilliant. This shot. You you, you pointed <laughs> this out to me before I watched it. I, I look. I'm thinking, what what is this shot? Ah, there it is. It does. Does it clear the ground? <laughs> I think it. I think if there wasn't a roof, it would still be going up. <laughs> Put it like that. It's, Proper I mean, it's, time, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's so far out, Donaldson, <laughs> and the ball just disappears on like on a string, just going in a straight line, basically about forty yards over the bar and off the yeah. picture. Um, Donaldson is an absolute menace. I mean, you yeah. messaged me saying like, "Is it just me, or did Donaldson used to be fast?" And I was like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember that as well. Mm. And it is a hell of a lot faster than our defenders. And yes. There's a bit very... where he takes on uh, Tony McMahon and it's quite embarrassing, isn't it, really? Yeah, he does the same to Maguire as well. Yeah, he does. Up, uh, he does. Ends up getting Maguire booked. But there's a there's a great thing here. That, well, I've, I wrote this down, first of all, where Simon Moore gets booked. Uh, this is after 20 minutes. He gets booked for time-wasting. Score is still nil-nil. <laughs> so so that's, that's something you don't see very often, which... No. I, I, I endorse. I would like to see keepers getting booked for obvious time wasting earlier in the game more often. Yeah. Stop them doing it. I don't know if he's time wasting, to be honest. I don't think he is. I think he tries to take a short one and uh, he sort of aborts it because obviously the guy wants to pass to isn't looking because then he's like gesturing, like, come on, the, the pass is on. Mm. And yeah, Keith Stroud, who at this point was already, there was already a lot of chippiness from the, uh, from the crowd for a lot of. You know, pretty soft free kicks on Brentford. You know, we're falling over for pretty much everything, to be honest. Um, so the crowd's already quite narky at that. So that made people feel a little bit better. But what happened next did not. So more te- more gets booked. He takes this goal kick. It gets flicked on, and uh, Donaldson runs in, gets clattered by George Long, and it's a penalty to uh, to Brentford. Mm. Both goalkeepers get booked inside about thirty seconds, <laughs> which definitely doesn't happen very often unless they're in a, oh. involved in a fight on the halfway line. Um, a very clear penalty. A lot. Of, I, weirdly, all our players moan about this. I think they think that Donaldson was offside, but yeah, because he's a clear pen. Yeah, yeah, it gets absolutely destroyed by Long. Yeah. Um, I, I I flipped it back loads trying to 
get a better sense of that. But I, I don't think he's offside, or if he is, it's a yeah. it's a VAR decision rather than like, oh, he was obviously offside. It, yeah, <laughs> even if he were onside. Then... <laughs> yeah, I think it's just that Donaldson is much faster than any of our defenders. So, yeah, yeah he gets in, gets fouled. It is, uh, it is a penalty to Brentford, and uh, Marcelo Trotter... This, go, this penalty it. goes through George Long. I've lo- I rewound it a couple of times, and I, I can't work out how it goes in. George Long dives the right way. The ball yeah. sort of—I'm swear it just goes through his stomach. I know that's physically impossible, <laughs> but that's exactly what happens. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah, I had the same sort of thought. I because I I didn't refresh my memory too much before watching the game, and yeah. uh, I was like, I'm sure this is the game where there's loads of missed penalties. Yeah, and uh, and I thought this that was it. I really thought he'd saved it when I saw them. Yeah, saw him go the same way as the uh, as the shot. But no, it goes in. It's one nil. Um, Almost immediately after this, Donaldson does burst away from Maguire. He gets fouled and booked. Maguire, that is. The crowd is not happy with Keith Stroud at this point at all. Like, no. you know, chance of one nil to the referee and cheat, 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 things like that. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember football and crowds? No, yeah. it, do you know what? This actually really made me a bit sad watching this back because the crowd. Yeah. It's it's awful. The, the crowd's not awful. It's quite. It's really actually a good atmosphere, especially for League mm. One. But it's a it's a bad time for United. And I remember going to games this season and thinking, God, I've got to go there. Oh, just give it me by League One, whatever. Because just watching, just watching fans absolutely furious about often decisions that are correct. Yeah, <laughs> I want it back. <laughs> no, it's good, and you can hear. I, I guess just from the. I mean, I watched it with uh, earphones on to mm. uh, back, and you can hear it's like specific shouts from specific people in the crowd as well. Yeah. Which I re- really enjoyed hearing that. So, yeah, not to get all nostalgia for crowd, but it did, I do, yeah, this is what we've been missing this season in terms of, like, getting on referees' backs. I mean, Keith Stroud definitely deserves that in this one, but, oh, yeah. yeah, I think we uh, we missed we missed getting a bit of an edge this season. I also noticed, sure. and this is, it'd be interesting when we do go back, if this, when full crowds get back and stuff, we, the the roar of the crowd like the gone starts like at the halfway line yeah on tv i sort of don't really like sort of like sit up and sort of like around the area maybe that's just the current united team but <laughs> <laughs> but even neutral games though right i mean yeah, not yeah, i've watched yeah. many of them anymore but Whereas yeah this game, like mcdonald's got it halfway line go on you're thinking all right like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was you're right about the atmosphere it was there was a lot of singing and chanting all the way through the game it's yeah, one of the better atmospheres, I think, from around that time. Obviously, with the <clears throat> the gravity of the game, I suppose, the significance yeah. of the game. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned people not happy with Keith Stroud at this point. Kitson and Donaldson then start on each other at the other end of the pitch. I thought Donaldson got booked here, but it was actually Jake Reeves, um, who is a, def- he was a midfielder, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah... Uh, that becomes relevant because Donaldson does get booked a few yeah. minutes later. But yeah, it's so weird. Kitson and Donaldson just randomly start on each other when we have a throw in. And um, yeah, Kitson does get a yellow and somebody completely different does instead. Mm. So I don't know what was going on that there. Um, I've got a note about George Long's kicking, which uh, lived up to his, his surname. Yeah. You know, is this like out of his hands? He was just dropping it in the D at the other end of the pitch and, you know, if we had anybody who was uh, <laughs> up to anything, I think we might have been able to do something about it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Kitson and Porter, nothing doing at all. See why he kicked it long to those two, but <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, it's just sort of it's just getting out of hand at this point. Isn't it? Donaldson leads with an elbow into McMahon's head. Yeah. Uh, McMahon ends up getting a, a bandage after that, and 
our players are surrounding Stroud like late nineties Man United. I thought Maguire showing uh, showing showing what the future would look like for him. I suppose by <laughs> going up to uh, going up to the ref, and then McMahon himself. I love this. I don't really know. It says he elbows Flynn in the back of the head yeah, when jumping yeah. for a header with uh, yeah. with Donaldson. And Brentford actually get a free kick out of it. The refereeing, you're watching it. And even, obviously, I wasn't as invested as I would have been when I were there or whatever. But he's so... Even I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and I think everyone's sort of losing their heads. I mean, there's a bit... Uh, I think it's a set piece and Long catches it. And then he's running to the edge of his box with the ball to kick it or throw it. And he runs into, I think it's Trotter. He like he like clips him as he runs past, and Trotter throws himself to the floor, like you know, as though the ball's live, and he's yeah. trying to win a penalty or something. Like that. Long's got the ball in his hands at this point. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like the players sort of forgot what was going on almost, and yeah, then McMahon absolutely flies into Donaldson, you know. Just a throwing out of it. It looked like it probably should have been a yellow card, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Clayton's really not happy about it. Um, and then he gets booked, Donaldson, for diving. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs runs past Maguire into the box and and throws himself down. And yeah, I I thought this was a foul. I thought I this don't was... think, certainly not a dive. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think it's just uh, Stroud just losing the plot basically yeah, and yeah. trying to sort of compensate for some of the other decisions that have gone the other way but yeah because I, I remembered that Maguire got a red card in this game and I thought oh that's it he's just got done done for pace yet again by Donaldson and uh, no Donaldson gets booked and he can't believe it can he he's, he's rolling around on the floor yeah. almost almost in laughter McMahon <laughs> um, <laughs> finally does get booked just for half time with a Another pre, obviously premeditated foul on Donaldson. Just goes straight through the back of him. What did you, what do you think of McMahon as a United player? After watching this game, I think he might be one of the worst players we've ever had. I, <laughs> I, I mean, he, he was never great, were he? He was were a hothead. He was he were a bit of a, he were a dirty player. I think he put his all in and all this. This game in particular, I, he's not a player I've thought about much to be honest. <laughs> Past whatever it was, ten years ago, whatever this were. He's he's atrocious in this match, absolutely atrocious. Yeah, I don't, I can't really think. I remember him having like quite a quite good uh, a good engine. He used to get up and down the right hand side. Yeah, though, I think but... the effort were there, and he were decent at set pieces as well. Um, uh, was he though, or am I just remembering like good set pieces? Uh, well, he scored two in one game at Crawley. I remember yeah. seeing that. Um, two set piece, two free kicks. That is so. Maybe that uh, coloured everything else. I don't think he scored many others after that. Yeah, I think the hothead I comment. Certainly, was... see why Clough bought sixty thousand right backs when he came in just to replace <laughs> him. To be honest, but yeah, most of whom were an upgrade on McMahon. To be fair, um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a miracle there hadn't been a red card at this point. So half time whistle goes. Strangely, it's a Brentford player who goes straight up to the ref at half time. Did you notice mm. that? We were clapped off as well. That, that, that's something yeah. that's good. We were losing 1-0 at half-time in League 1. Not often yet clapped off. So No. I mean, we'd had some chances, haven't we? Most of them from yeah. long range and uh, a couple from set pieces. I think Maguire headed, uh, headed one wide at the far post. Yeah. Um, the, the officials at half-time do their, their, that thing where they all stand together because uh, they know they've made a mess of things. And then yeah. two, two extra security blokes come on. You know, it's that in yeah, like, yeah. plain clothes come to help them get off the pitch. Um, not that it's you know hugely angry at that point. Um, we make a, a half-time sub. Jonathan Fort comes on for Flynn Esther. Mm. 
What a cameo from Fort. <laughs> this is this is like not as bad as Lundstrom, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I don't think he, he don't cover himself in glory in this match. Do you have any idea where he's playing? I think he starts on the right wing, and then when we go two one up, I think he's playing up front on his own. I think it's all over the place. He's, he's um, just yeah, the, and then he's on the left wing at one point. Actually, I don't really know. I don't think even he knew actually. No, indeed. Um, Fifty-one minutes gone. Something happens that the camera does not show. <laughs> Do you have any idea what goes no, on? No, because I didn't know this would come in, obviously. And I think we've got a throw in, haven't we? Oh no, we've got a free kick, haven't we? We've got the ball in midfield. Well, that's right. Yeah, we're just passing it around in midfield, and you hear this. Yeah, it's like what's going on. Next minute, <laughs> Pen. What? Where? What's happened? Pen and are sending off. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. Remarkable, really. I think McDonald's got it in midfield, and yeah, as you say, the crowd crowd noise swells, and the camera pans to the right, and I think it's Kitson is laid on the floor in the penalty area. The linesman's obviously flagged for something and signaled for a penalty. Stroud goes over to him, confirms the penalty, and sends off the Brentford captain Tony Craig. So I, I don't know what happened. No, uh, knows obvi- why. Yeah, yeah, Probably obviously Stroud. <laughs> yeah, obviously a uh, off the ball tangle. Now we talked about McMahon's set pieces. He steps up to take the penalty. Right, and absolutely... before you get onto this, Chris Porter is on the pitch. Yes, Why he is. Why is Tony McMahon stepping up to take this penalty when the penalty king himself is on the pitch? I know, that's that's what it would become, Porter. He, he was the man who just would not miss from the penalty spot a couple of years after this, wasn't he? Yeah, but, uh, Tony yeah. McMahon stepping up. Yeah, we let the, uh, the limited right-back take it instead. And he almost destroys the crossbar. <laughs> like, absolutely powers it into the yeah. bar. It's uh, it's a good hit. Just uh, it's not, not a it... terrible pen. It, it, yeah. You don't get it on target, so maybe in that sense it is. But he <laughs> just blasts it, don't they? And like you say, the, the net nearly comes off. So <laughs> yeah, hits the bar. Ricochets around and he flicks the rebound over as well. At this point, I mean, admittedly they just had that red card, Brentford. So I think I did up the ante a little bit, but. Mm. The second half, it's being played like it's the last minute at this stage. It is. Yeah, it's so ferocious, isn't it? Frantic and, you know. Yeah, nobody's like nobody seems to be in proper control of what they're doing and players are all over the place, like yeah. out of position, run you know, run forty yards one way, run run yeah, back forty yeah. yards. And you can see Brentford um, at this point have just sat back, they didn't create anything, did they? They just like trying to soak it up. Yeah, that's right. Um I mean, we we did start to rein in some shots around this point as well. Uh, Fort has one of the worst shots ever. It's like, oh a... my word! It doesn't even go out for a throw-in, does it? <laughs> yeah, it would have gone out for a throw-in if it hit it properly. Yeah, but... it was a bit like the Lundstrom volley actually, but sort mm. of worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, a sliced left foot volley that bounces about five times, and eventually the right back controls it and clears it. Yeah, uh, Kitson headed one just over onto the roof of the net via a deflection. Yeah, um, we take Doyle off and bring on Barry Robson. Who Barry Robson, what season. a player this guy! I have to admit, he actually improves as Barry Robson. I think in this match, in this match he did. Yeah, he, has, he yeah. does have a good appearance, but yeah, he's. Uh, He's a player I, I associate with bad times for United. For He's sure. a player I associate with taking twenty minutes to take a corner against. I think it was MK Dons at home. That's a, that's the only thing I remember. Yes, <laughs> yes, I remember that. Uh, McMahon has a, another shot from long range, takes a massive deflection, and Moore saves it yeah. well. And then from that corner, uh, McMahon goes to flick it over the defender, 
and it's handball and another penalty is given. Yeah. So I mean, and what again, is that? Chris Porter is not not even asked to take this penalty. Am I? He's not. Instead, we let Barry Robson, who I, I don't think has touched the ball at this point. Wow. Because it's he's been on the pitch three minutes, but yeah, most of that's been uh, been spent shooting from long range and taking corners, <laughs> basically. He steps up to take the penalty and uh, absolutely powers it in. I mean, what's the difference between this one and McMahon's? It's about a millimetre, isn't it? This is a weird one. It must be the quality of the of the the stream or whatever. But in the same way that I'm, I swear the first, the Brentford goal goes through George Long's stomach, Barry Robson's effort does not go in, even though it does. <laughs> it, it definitely doesn't go in. It hits the post and comes out, and then he he runs off cheering. I think everyone just thought, well, we'll give it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like like cricket. It was a good appeal. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to give it. Um, yeah, I mean, he smashes it in. It's another one. It's a bit like that Donaldson shot in the first half, where the ball just goes in a in a straight line upwards mm. and smashes in off the post and uh, into the net. Fortunately, yeah. And uh, it, it's a very strange run, Barry Robson. Really I don't weird if, celebration. Yeah. I don't know how to describe. Even when he's jogging back, it's I don't know. Maybe maybe my running technique is terrible, but <laughs> it sort of runs. He almost lands on his heels when he runs. Like yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's like he's kicking his toes in the air as he as he sets his feet down. It's, it's very strange. Anyway, that, that just stood out to me watching this yeah. one. Um, Kitson, so we're two one up now. Uh, Brentford down to ten men. You're thinking we're we're in in business here. Kitson is very lucky not to get sent off. Yes, he, en- he encroaches on a free kick and blocks it, and only gets a talking to. He's and already I'm, been booked, obviously. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I'm sure you're supposed to get a yellow card for that. I, mean, I don't know why he's not being sent off. I don't know why he's done it. I don't know why he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not like he's in the wall and it's a free kick on the edge of the area. It's about 40 yards out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's, and he stood about eight yards away and then runs forward and jumps up and heads it. Yeah, I, I think he should have been sent off there. And we were, Again, Stroud's just got absolutely no idea what's going on. No. Uh, they eventually do take that free kick and Long makes a good save from it. Um Sorry, this is one all. I said it's two one. Yeah, it's one one at the moment. One yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because then Murphy goes on this brilliant run on the right wing and does set up Kitson for a goal. Yeah, this this just reminded just me of the uh... this, just before this goal. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this. Matt Hill gets the ball about fifty yards from goal, and the entire crowd go shoo. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you imagine. <laughs> I actually didn't notice that. Yeah, it's just it's literally about five seconds before the ball goes to Murphy. He's like played across to him. Matt, Matt Hill gets it. He's so he's like just past the halfway line and it was shoo. <laughs> Matt Hill. Yeah, <laughs> Famous he makes a much... long range fifty yard goals. <laughs> he makes a much better decision. Yeah, and switches it out to Murphy. And yeah, just fantastic from Murphy. You know, twists away from his defender. Uh, I. There was times he did this where I was so convinced that he would dribble it out. Yeah. And the yeah. ball just seemed to stop. And that's exactly what happens here. Stands up a great cross to the far post. Kitson can't miss, really. Powers it into the net. Two goals in six minutes. We have the a man advantage, as I said. And, yeah, you're thinking this is going to be the, the, the win that uh, catapults us towards automatic promotion. Mm. Um Unfortunately, Keith Stroud intervened yet again. Uh, although I, I can't, I'll go carry on. Sorry. <laughs> this is four minutes later. An absolutely astonishing decision to give Brentford a penalty. Yeah. I mean, 
Do you want do you want to talk about this? Like I don't what really know how to. It's just a ball over the top. Maguire reads it back to the goalkeeper and Shroud thinks that's enough for me, penalty. Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, sends Maguire off. Sends Maguire off as well, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's the most... Uh, you think we're getting bad decisions this season. If that had got against us, I think... Imagine, imagine Twitter. Whoa. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, just to yeah clarify, as you say, it's a ball into the box and Maguire... Wins a header and gently loops it back to Long. While while the ball's in the air, so after he's headed it, uh, he ends up leaning on Donaldson, who falls over. Donaldson's yeah. like goal goal side of him. Maguire has basically won this header Donaldson without touching him. No, and uh, and Stroud comes running in, gives a penalty, and sends Maguire off with a second yellow card. And uh, yeah, I I was astonished watching that back. I couldn't believe it. What a a ridiculous decision, and that really does. I mean, maybe it doesn't directly swing the game because of what happens next. But surely, if we've got eleven v ten, and you know, you keep your best defender on the pitch, we're going to yeah, hold yeah. out and win this game. You'd think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a strange decision to give it, but then also a strange decision with who takes it. I think. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because Trotter had scored the first one. He's still on the pitch. It doesn't take this one. Instead, they leave it to their own sub, Sam Saunders, who, like Barry Robson, had come on um, mere minutes before this. Yeah, that, a... that is strange. I mean, I, I presume he's obviously the penalty taker. You know, he's the, uh, be, yeah. the, the the designated penalty taker. But if someone's already had a pen and scored, then probably let him have another one. You'd think so, yeah. I guess you get into that mind games thing of like, you know, is he going to go the same way? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. But, but really, I mean... How much of a big deal is that? I mean, yeah. the goal- goalkeeper has to guess which way he's going to go regardless, doesn't he? So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Saunders takes it and uh, and Long saves it, gets down to his left. And Good he also save. stops... It was, yeah. yeah. And he stops the rebound from looping in as well. So the uh, the fourth penalty of the game uh, that Stroud has given and the uh, the second miss. It's hard to keep track of these, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, Higginbotham comes on for, uh, for Kitson. Donaldson finally gets his second yellow for a stupid tackle on McDonald. He uh, he goes straight through the back of him. This is five minutes after the penalty. Yeah, he gets sent off. They are now down to nine men, so they have five minutes basically ten v ten, and then Donaldson goes off. Um, just before this, Bradley Wright Phillips had come on for uh, for Trotter. Um, so we played fifteen minutes against nine men, and I know we've only got ten ourselves. But what what do we do in those fifteen minutes? Defend, 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 defend. It's it's awful, isn't it? In fact, it's, there's it's a bit really, really. I was watching it, sort of like thinking, what? Even now, even though I know what's going to happen, and we weren't good enough to go up and everything, you're thinking, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know if this is Chris Morgan's tactics, or if he just panics, or it's a team that panics. But we've sort. I won't say we dominated the second half. We were, we were a far better team in the second half, and then all of a sudden, we just just decide to put everyone on we were like Villa at home actually weren't it last week yeah everyone in everyone in our box booted to Jonathan Forty up from the attitude was the attitude and the intent was awful I mean there's a bit we I mean it must be I would say at least seven or eight minutes to go before we even get to injury time yeah we're time we're time wasting in the corner and you can hear the crowd booing it's 10 versus it... 9 it's, it's so much space on the pitch yeah and uh, yeah, we're just there trying to like flick it off people to try and win another corner, win a throw in. Mm. Yeah, I, 
I mean, I did come back. Well, I don't know. We didn't actually waste any time, so you can't say it came back to bite us. But no. you just think, like, can we not try and go and get another one? Or, I yeah. think Brentford deserved the equaliser, put it that way. Yes, they were starting to have some chances, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips, he volleyed wide. Uh, Stroud gave a corner for this. Yeah, for some yeah, yeah. A, you can hear the bloke in the crowd go, he's gear corner. <laughs> he's, he's, he's absolutely incandescent with rage. It's so good. Like he's almost he's almost laughing at how bad it is. Um, yeah. And they almost they had a good chance from that corner yeah, as well. Did, yeah. yeah, defender gets gets it well, heads it wide. But from that goal kick, they equalise the nine man Brentford and. This is so amateur, this goal, isn't this, it? This is Neil Collins at his worst, I think. This. I think it's stupid from the rest of the team as well. We're, yeah. we're, it's a it's a goal kick. We are pushed so far up. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing here, trying to defend oh, the lead. It's so bad, yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah, we're almost, almost the entire team's on the halfway line. Brentford win the header. It's one simple header straight back into our half that lets Wright Phillips outpace Collins, which is... You know, not a not a, a great victory, anything like that. But no, that just... why, like you say, why are we so high when we've been so deep? It just it, there were no. It were almost as if Morgan said, "Right, tell you what, let's get another." <laughs> yeah, and that's a that's a slow defence in it. Higginbottom oh, on for this is what uh... I mean by Neil Collins at his worst. I, I'm not sure what more he can do, but the it's a bit embarrassing just how easily I think Wright Phillips gets onto the ball and then just puts it into the goal. Yeah, just just cuts inside him and uh, yeah, rolls it into the net. Longs unsighted, no real blame there. But yeah, absolute amateur. I mean, that's the 89th minute, nine men, two all, and uh, we nearly score again we, though at the end, don't we? We do. This uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about this is uh, another good crowd thing. You can everyone go six as uh, as they hold up the board before mm. uh, before Gary Sinclair announces it. I think if I I don't know whether I'm just tainted by this uh, this present day season. I would be panicking yeah. in this situation if there was six minutes injury time. Yeah, I would be thinking, blow the full time whistle yeah. now. Take the point, we're going to lose. Yeah. yeah, isn't that terrible? But um, yeah, you're right. Moore makes a a great double save, doesn't he, from long range, and mm. then he pushes one from McMahon onto the post as well. Yeah, which I think just underlines like why were we. Messing about. That's in the what's so frustrating. We 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 sort of we put them under so much pressure that last you know in injury time for the six minutes. They were the major chances that we had, but we had all the ball. We were putting it in the box. Called you could see they were panicking a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, Why have the last fifteen minutes have we just decided to let them basically dictate the game? Yeah. When they were they were quite clearly there for the taking. If we'd have carried on in that vein as we did in injury time for the previous fifteen minutes, we've undoubtedly won that game. And then you never know, you know what I mean? You, you've got you've got two wins out of two against two playoff rivals, and you might go into the Portsmouth game we were playing next with massive confidence. Yeah, yeah, Portsmouth uh, already relegated Portsmouth. That, Portsmouth—that's mm. uh, an easy three points, I believe. To, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Keep us moving. <laughs> um, but that's the last action. The full time whistle goes. It's two all. United miss a great opportunity. Brentford very happy with themselves. Quite. Uh, Quite a um, appreciative reaction from yeah, the crowd at full time. So. I, I, quite, I was really intrigued to see what happened because I can't remember at all. But, you know, I, I really mm. were intrigued to see how the crowd sort of reacted, and I think there were a frustration but clapping because it being a good game. There was, that, by the way, that were the biggest crowd of the season. Twenty three thousand were there. So yeah. I was going to mention this. Um, yeah. So there, there's a point where they announce the attendance, and he goes, yeah. "You know, today 
Today's attendance, a magnificent 23,435. And you can hear everyone like, whoa. Yeah, everyone's so funny. Oh, come on. It, the Brentford fans like, it's like you, can, you don't even get that now, lads. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Your ground doesn't even hold that. But even the, um, the playoff semi-final, we only got 15,000. Yeah, you sort of forget this, don't you? I think, yeah, I guess, you know, we're probably only... So this is only eight years ago, isn't it? Not even that, but and yeah, that's, this that's was... a fantastic attendance for a League One game. I don't, especially yeah. you know, midweek as well. Season, yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought it was. Uh, I don't know. It, it made me laugh when it's a twenty-three thousand because I mean we absolutely take that for granted the last few seasons, yeah. don't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, Full time whistle blows. What happens next? Uh, Brentford finished third. United finished fifth in the end. <sighs> We've got to talk. I mean, I just mentioned it there, but the Portsmouth game was you the were next there. game. You were there. You were one of the hardy souls. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I was, I was coming from London, so it wasn't like I travelled all the way down from Sheffield. Oh, dear, oh, dear. That was one of the worst away performances I think I've ever seen. Portsmouth were already relegated at this point, and uh, we were 3-0 down after 32 minutes. That's Sheffield United chasing promotion versus already relegated Portsmouth with Johnny Earl starting in midfield for Pompey yes. and they ran us ragged Absolutely I'm going to have to do this Johnny ragged. Earl song now uh, what I talked to you about <laughs> uh, Paddy's Paddy I think he's called Paddy's Mad on Twitter excellent yeah. poster on Blaze Mad when we signed Johnny Earl he had a fantastic uh, chant that he made up which went uh, we've got super Johnny Earl we've got super Johnny Earl we've got super Johnny Earl bring him on at half time Earl Power <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So Should have got that going. <laughs> it's, it's the bringing one at halftime, does it for me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a bleak one. Uh, they were they didn't have a proper manager either. It was uh, Guy Whittingham was in charge of them as a mm. caretaker manager. Um, I think they just had some good news, haven't they? About um, yeah, they've been taken over, aren't they? Yeah, like a fan takeover, supporters trust, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, they they absolutely obliterated us. Uh, and then we would lose 1-0 at Crew, which uh, I think the Portsmouth game actually officially ended our chance of automatic promotion, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. This is a game where um, Michael, Doyle, Michael Doyle, the, the team were getting stick in the crowd and Michael Doyle went to have a chat with one of the fans for about 20 minutes after the game. And apparently he, oh, right. he came across all right in that particular chat. He didn't go into no. the crowd. I think he came into the crowd and everyone thought, what's he going to do? And then he just sat down with the fans and basically said we're doing as best but we're rubbish <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was uh, i was long gone at that point i wasn't sticking around for full after full time yeah sorry i thought you were on about the crew match here oh the crew match sorry okay. sorry i'm yeah, just I went the crew that. match not the portsmouth match yeah yeah we did lose one nil to crew and then finished the season uh, a meaningless nil nil draw with preston but you know three straight games without scoring to end the season and then we go into the playoffs with yeovil win the home leg one nil and uh, deservedly beaten. Two I think that's the most atrocious we've played in a playoff game. The Oval away match. I think. I think we've had a lot. I, I think that might be the most awful we've played. I didn't even bother following it. I was so convinced we were going to. This is terrible. But this is just how low I felt about this season. It's just like I'm sure we're going to lose. We don't I deserve to get going anyway. On holiday that day um, to I don't know Skegness or somewhere. Uh, with the mm. family and normally United in a playoff you think right we'll set off here and go and watch it in a pub and I didn't I got there at half time and I watched it we are already 1-0 down so I'm the same as you I can't sort of you know uh, pour score on you because I was exactly the same I, I remember fully thinking United in a playoff semi-final and I'm travelling to Skegness <laughs> 
when <laughs> this is, you know, this is the biggest game of the season, and I'm not bothered. And I think the fact that only 15,000 turned up for the home leg proved what sort of state the fan base's mood were in. Yeah, obviously weren't, weren't alone in feeling that way. Uh, the final tally for uh, Keith Stroud in that game, by the way, 11 yellows, three reds, four penalties. Classic. What an effort. I, it, the, there were some, it was a bit of a, a heated game, but I wouldn't say it wasn't sort of, you know. It the Battle of Bramall Lane, was it? No, it wasn't. No, I mean, that, that game, you have massive sympathy for the referee. The West, who was the ref in that game? No, I forgot. The West Brom. Uh, oh, I've forgotten. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. He, basically, the referee in that game. Eddie Wusterman. That's the guy, yeah, because I was getting mixed up with the commentator. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, he, in that game, I think you can have massive sympathy for him. He tried to keep that going, that match. He could have sent Keith Curl off, you know. There's, there's, mm. He had no choice but to send the three players off that he sent off. This is the total opposite, where there didn't really need to be, you know, three sendings off. There certainly didn't need to be four penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um... And yeah, we ended that season getting knocked out of the playoffs. Uh, any anything else to say about the match? Or should we get into our three fun facts? Let's get into the fact. Mine, mine are nowhere near as good as last week's. So I have to admit, but you know, I've got a few. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to? Do you want to go first? Yeah. Brentford and Sheffield United talking the playoffs. Share the record of having reached the playoffs the most times without winning uh, ever. Eight times each. So that is we, impressive. We talk about our uh, playoff. We're the worst team in the playoff. Well, Brentford have definitely got uh, reason because obviously they lost in the last playoffs, so they matched their record of being in eight playoffs uh, and uh, yeah, never winning. They've lost three finals. We've lost four. Mm, yeah, we actually said have they... a better record than them in the playoffs because we've actually reached more finals. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, some inverted commas doing some heavy lifting yeah. there. I think. <laughs> um. Uh, Dave Kitson, uh, when he was at Reading, Reading had a... Uh, <laughs> let me just get this right. They had a, a ginger day among their fans right. in May 2004, which was as, as a tribute to him and, quote, fellow flamehead player Steve Sidwell. Right. Basically, loads of fans turned up in uh, in red wigs. Dave Kitson was not happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I didn't, I didn't expect this twist. Go on. Yeah. Uh, he said he... Pl- this is on BBC's website. He, he had pleaded with the fans not to turn up in bright orange wigs. He said he, sp- he spent much of his career being, quote, harassed about the colour of his hair, adding, the last thing I need is 15,000 people all in ginger wigs drawing attention to him. What? I mean... He, was, know- he was not happy. He dyed his hair, actually, uh, in the early days of his career. He, he was blonde. He did. Dave yep. Kitson. I mean, as someone who you know, I've, I'm, I'm not as ginger as Dave Kitson, but I certainly, when I had hair, I had ginger roots. Mm. I think he's been a bit precious there, to be honest, Dave Kitson. Yes, well, you're not alone. The strikers' outburst sparked a stinging response from the chairman of a ginger hair support group, <laughs> <laughs> Simon Simon uh, Cheatham, I think it is, who chairs <laughs> Red and Proud, said, "I have no sympathy for Dave Kitson." I think he should get a grip on himself and stop whinging. I have to say he comes across as slightly pathetic, a ginger whinger. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Very uh, interesting man, Dave Kitson. I'm not going to say good uh, or bad. He obviously made some comments about Raheem Sterling, didn't he, on TalkSport a few years ago, and he sort of seems to have been sort of blacklisted by the media since that. Yeah, I think he's... He, 
it seems like a bit of an idiot, but um, yeah, he's, he's scored a lot of goals for for Reading certainly. Yeah, um, he was a good player. Yeah. I remember like he really did have a good career, really skillful player, but he was long gone when we signed him. Yeah, well, were we his last club? No, he went he to Oxford. It? He actually he played. I'm pretty uh, sure he played under Wilder at Oxford. Oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, nice one. What else you got for me? Right, this is a, a fairly strange one. In, um, in 1946, United played Brentford on Christmas Day, which were customary back then, and we won mm. 6-1. What's weird is we played them the day after as well in a league game on Boxing mm. Day and lost 2-1. <laughs> that was that was really common around yeah, there, I think. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I mean, the the fact that we played them. Can you imagine that now? We've got Villa. Who we've got next? Villa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the day after. barely finished this one. You imagine like that's fixture congestion. It'd be un- but Pep would be going mad, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. But we're like we won six one. You're thinking, wow, we've got the beating of these, and then literally the day after we lose two one. <laughs> you used to see that all the time. Yeah, you get like a seven nil, then you go away and lose five nil <laughs> to the uh, same opponent. Yeah, excellent stuff. Um, my other one of my other facts is uh, is also Dave Kitson related, and uh, and that is. He is almost certainly the secret footballer. Yeah. Are you are you yes. familiar with the secret I footballer? Am, yeah, everyone knows it's him, don't they? <laughs> and it's almost certainly him. Um so if if anyone's not aware, the secret footballer uh I guess is a series of books written anonymously by the secret footballer that's supposed to be, you know, spilling the beans on uh on on football's inner workings and, and very much, you know, name checks a lot of uh a lot of managers, a lot of uh, teams and players and stuff like that. It's, have you uh, have you read any of them? I've not. I've seen little articles. They used to. I used to buy out four four two magazine every month, and they used to have yeah. like certain bits in there. But I've not actually read the the full thing or anything. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think I've read a, a couple of them. They were they're pretty good read. To be fair, there's there's absolutely loads now. There's you know it's, they're onto like book fifteen. It's like yeah, secret footballer goes to the moon and things like that now. I but um, Dave Kitchen anymore. Well, this is the thing. So there's there are there are websites devoted to uh, <laughs> like conspiracy theory style, <laughs> pinning together loads of facts. But um, yeah, is uh, the most obvious one is uh, is Kitson apparently. Uh, his his career clearly matches most of the events and stories mentioned. And yeah, the specific things about you know he's involved in a relegation fight in this season. wasn't wasn't a goalkeeper. He has played under. Manager X, Y, and Z has a high opinion of Harry Redknapp. All this kind of stuff yeah, got yeah, sent yeah, off yeah. at Old Trafford. So yeah, people have narrowed it down, and it's it seems at worst it's uh, Kitson plus a few others now, maybe under the uh, the umbrella of the secret. It's footballer, interesting but... that he's never come out, or anyone's ever mm. come out and admitted it. Maybe it's uh, maybe commercially it's better this way. Yeah. Yeah, what's uh, what's your your other fact? My last one is a bit more interesting uh, than the the two before. Former Brentford goalie Ch- Ch- Chick 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 Brody is it Chick? I don't know how you pronounce Chief Brody Chic. from Jaws. Chic Brody uh, made two hundred and one <laughs> appearances for Brentford, but in November nineteen seventy, in a game against Colchester, a dog came in onto the pitch, but play continued with the dog chasing the ball. The ball went back to Brody. He collided with the dog and badly injured his knee. He was out for a year and only played five more professional games. Before that, Is there any information about the dog? Much more important. I don't know nothing about the dog. We just talked about chic Brody. I'm afraid. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully, no animals were harmed. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, he, he played, by um, dog. Give me one second. Yeah, he played. Uh, 
199 games before that point for uh, for Brentford, and then he only played five because he were out for a year and lost his place and never played again. <laughs> but the dog always... in his career. Yeah, I'm always happy to have a, a dog fact on it. Uh, my my final one is uh, is about the Don Clayton Donaldson. He was very prominent in this match, obviously. Um, did you know? I didn't even know this was a thing, but there was a um, a competition between players, uh, an international competition between non-league players. This is in 2006. It was called the England National Game Eleven, competing in the European Challenge Trophy. And uh, and Clayton Donaldson was one of the players. I didn't know that. So oh. yeah, basically a uh, a team made up of um, non-league players from each each country that was entered, and uh, yeah, he was uh, he was part of it. Also in that team, he, they they won. By the way, England won yeah. the uh, the the Challenge Trophy, uh, a comprehensive win over Holland. And uh, yeah, in in what was the the final, the trophy winning match? I'm not sure if it was like a group that they uh, mm. yeah they finished top of the table. That's where you get the trophy for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, playing in that one, Clayton Donaldson, Steve Morrison from earlier in the podcast, yeah. Craig McHale Smith. It's a decent attack. This you remember him, Craig McHale? Yeah, do you remember? Yeah, he played for Peterborough. That's right. Yep, yeah. and uh, George Boyd, who was once at Wednesday. Yeah, he was at Burnley, I think. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, contributed nicely to Wednesday's demise with his massive wages, so that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, Donaldson, uh, Donaldson played in that and uh, and set up the final goal. Uh, he would later go on to represent Jamaica, of course, at proper international level. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd never heard of this. The, I'd love to watch that. The, the, <laughs> I'd have to look up the archive footage of 2006, the uh, England national game 11. Sounds great. Oh, Jonathan uh, Forty played for Barbados as well. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Well, You're, I went to the uh... same school as him, and uh, he definitely <laughs> he, he, he weren't travelling from Barbados then anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you had loads of famous football, famous footballers. <laughs> you wow. had loads of footballers play at your school. Didn't yeah, you? I went to Medawed, and they were uh, they were Ian Ross, Colin Marison, uh, Ryan Mallon, all the greats of. Uh... <laughs> Is it Mark Ward yeah, as well? I think it just goes to show they were head and shoulders these people above uh, everyone else in like in their years and stuff. And obviously they never went on to have the uh, glorious. I think it just goes to show how difficult it is. I think if you're we're criticising players such as Ender Stevens and John Lundstrom and stuff, these players are just far and above anything we can possibly imagine. I would think. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. You, <laughs> I mean, you, you had yeah. Gary Cale, didn't you, at your school? I did have Gary Cale at my school. Yeah, yours is like um, it just sounds like United's youth academy, basically. Yeah, Mark Wall, that era. One, yeah, he were another one. Who, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some uh, well-known names to fans of that era. Talk anyway, to young, youngsters though, that, that you say with this Chris Morgan team, the Brentford thing, you, you brought a lot of them through. You know, Ironside and Chapel, and mm. Joe Ironside started the uh, second leg of the uh, semi-final for us, which is unbelievable now, really. <laughs> yes, arguably that's <laughs> one of the reasons why that went the way it yeah, did, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. All right, mate. Well, that's uh, that is our memorable match for this week. Mate, big thanks to everyone who's. Uh, Who's stuck with us? It was a fun. I had, I enjoyed rewatching it. It was a much better game than the uh, Steel City derby from twelve years earlier. Yes. Anyway, much more end to end and lively. And as you said, it's it's kind of nice to watch games with crowds as well, isn't it? So that was a 
a nice little bit of uh, extra flavour to it for me. Yeah. Um, any uh, any final thoughts? You want to plug your podcast or anything like that? Yeah, we've got a Living Melee episode out last week with Big Brother, um, and we also uh, talk about the uh, the Das Samson situation. <laughs> Dash Samson controversy. But the next one actually should be uh, more in line with people listening to this podcast. We're doing our favourite sports commentary moments. Uh, that should be out on Wednesday, so looking forward to that oh, one being out. But excellent yeah. stuff. That's very much in your wheelhouse, that one, isn't it? Yeah, I'll, Sports I'll, commentary. I'll love all this sort of stuff, commentary and things like that, to be fair. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. That is uh, Living With Maidley, of course. Yes, available. and uh, Roy's View From, if you want to hear uh, the worst reviews we get all season from the Southampton fans, uh, check me out on uh, Fanchero on Twitter or RoysViewFrom.com. Nice one. Uh, we play on Sunday, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Went yeah. to play Norwich uh, on Sky, then immediately after it was versus Leicester. So the double header Sheffield ineptitude. Game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then it's the FA Cup following yeah, that. Yes, yeah, so um, quite excited about that because it's you know it, it sort of matters a little bit. That's true. Yeah, it's a one-off game. Yeah, I wonder if uh, who we. I mean, Bogle was a surprise inclusion. I think fitness-wise, I wonder how far away Basham is. No one's asked at all. How is Chris Basham? <laughs> that's just rude, isn't it? Yeah, no one just just ask you how he is. That's that's all we need. Yeah, I'm just having a look now. Um, yeah, then we've got uh, Leeds. Or, oh, I don't. I'm not going to look at that. I don't want <laughs> no, to. No, yeah. but yeah, we've got Nigel, Basham, obviously, uh... Egan, O'Connell, um, O'Connell. I hated the fact that the Southampton game where United tweeted out Egan and O'Connell sat in the stand. It's like, don't do this. I don't yeah, want to see these two not, not playing. <laughs> what, what did you think of? Uh... I think it was like get your vote in for Man of the Match or something like that, and they used a picture of like Lundstrom. That were brave, <laughs> weren't it? I, I saw like some of, they did it on Facebook, and some of the responses were a little bit more X-rated than they were on Twitter. That I saw, <laughs> uh, you know, like, this guy, why you dare put him on? Get rid of him and all this sort. Of, so yeah, brave slash stupid decision. <laughs> yeah, well, good gets good engagement, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. Yeah, I Daily the, Mail uh, have made the, an entire uh, business model. The, the, the uh, mirror, I think it was a mirror article linking Lundstrom with Palace probably got more retweets mm. than he probably thought when he put that out as well. Yeah, Saturday. yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered to spell his name right, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Lund- Imagine Lundstrom. the Burnley fan when we played Burnley last season, they were talking about John Lundscum, uh, <laughs> which is a one we've not had yet, Lundscum, actually. That's another one. Yeah, that, that um, was an innovative one. And uh, yeah, and they say he's a 33-year-old who used to play for Oxford United, uh, which is a completely different player. Basically, who was someone who used to play for Oxford United way back when. So, wait, wait, is that the Burnley fan or the Mirror article? No, yeah, the, uh, the the Burnley fan. Uh, there's a John Lund scum, like in, not scum as in scum of the earth. M B E. He's like, uh, let me get this. L U S C O M B E. Um, yeah. and he used to play for Oxford United and this guy basically went into his career saying like how bad he was this and, and how he's doing really well at Premier League level he's got a completely wrong player <laughs> <laughs> fantastic oh you get some people calling him Lundscum now well, I know I've made that up un- un- unintentionally but you know it's a good one you know why not yeah we've had there's, there's, there's worse ones than that out there <laughs> yeah there probably is yeah but uh, yeah that's we started Talking about him, and we're finishing talking about him because yeah, it was a, not. it was a performance for the ages. That one, it I think was, I'll be remembering. Really, really was, yeah, yeah. That might be one I'm remembering in. Well, as I said, just like I remember Lee Baxter against Burnley, 
Mm-hmm. Those years ago, yeah, in like twenty years' time, be like, remember that one where Lundstrom <laughs> just trod on the ball instead of doing anything positive. You can see like a, a Den Blades article in ten years' time: the ten worst performances mm. ever from a single player, and John Lundstrom's up there. <laughs> it's got to be up there. Come, come back strong next week, John. Show you deserve a contract somewhere. Bang yeah, in a not goal. Here, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. He's got he's got eleven games, including the cup, to uh, to turn it round. But uh, we we'll live in hope, I suppose. Right, mate. Let's finish there. Uh, enjoyed revisiting that one. Uh, we'll be back after the Leicester game. We'll have another memorable match as well. Maybe we'll do a win next time. I yeah, think. let's we'll do a good, win. Yeah, a good win to talk about. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Right, buddy. Thanks again for your time and your efforts, and uh, I'll catch up with you later. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot.